I like to invest in single family homes or duplexes and then we put secondary suites, but we like the secondary suite model because you're getting extra rent, which should put those cash flow numbers higher and the return numbers higher, but then you're dealing with more tenants. Hello, and welcome to Real Estate Investing Deal Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeremy. The Deal Deep Dive offers lessons learned from Canadian investors while scaling their portfolios. If you're looking to scale your investments, listen to stories from those who have already been there and what they did in your shoes. What if I told you you can get into a property with zero headaches? I'm talking no renovations, no tenants and toilets, just buying a property and making passive income. That's what you can get with turnkey rentals. Now, turnkey rentals aren't very interesting for the vast majority of, of investors because it isn't, as what my friend Nick here calls it, sexy. So today we're going to be sitting down with Nick and finding out how we can make turnkey rentals sexy. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> the one thing about these mics is you'll have to try and keep it like close to your mouth or else it kind of comes in and out, but that was a good intro. So Nick, what's going on? I don't know, just dealing with these interest rate hikes and the fear out there that people are seeing, but I am hopeful. How are you feeling? I'm really good. I was very happy to see that that last interest rate hike was actually quite small. Yeah. And I've talked to a number of investors and professionals within the industry. We're actually expecting no interest rate hike on this next one. We'll see yeah. if we're correct. It's obviously crystal ball, but cautiously optimistic. Yeah, so it went up 0.25% today. And now from the predictions, I guess like all the main banks, CABC, BMO, like TD, they all put out kind of their forecasts, what they think is going to happen for the next year and a half, I guess, here. Mm-hmm. And they were showing, a lot of them are showing no change or drops. And then by like mid-2024, we're back at like 3% or something. So I was like, hey, that's, you know, something that we can look forward to. And it was like really quiet over Christmas. Mm-hmm. My, like, the the market was going crazy in the summer and the spring. And then it just dropped off a cliff. And there was kind of this weird waiting time. And then last week, my phone just started calling again. So I think that, the you know, the weather's not bad out there. And BC and Ontario, I was just in Kelowna. And the headlines there are like, who can afford to live here? I'm like, good question. <laughs> like, nobody can. I was talking to some people on our, our flight and they're like, yeah, it's getting crazy. You know, the weather is super, super hot and there's fires in the summer and then the winters are getting colder and prices are going up. And like, there is way more fear in, in BC and Ontario than there is here. And we're seeing a lot of people coming to Alberta, Alberta strong, we're back or getting back there. So I'm optimistic. Yeah, I think if, if I remember correctly, I think there was 38,000 people that moved to Alberta in the third quarter of 2022, which is awesome. Where are we going to house them? That's, that's a different topic for another day. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough housing. They're not building enough housing and they, they can't, we don't have enough trades. Can't keep up in total in order to get that nope. stuff done. So there's lots of jobs here and uh, start building the, the rental market, I think we're going to see the rates go up. And then I was at the real estate or the realtors forecast for 2023. And they, they were saying the words like rental crisis, uh, which I don't 
remember hearing like people using that that kind of a term in in Alberta or Edmonton where you know so many people are moving here they need a place to live they're renting we're going to be short rentals I mean it's looking good for people who own real estate in Alberta right now 100% I think Please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe between 2021 and 2022 was a 17% increase in average rents in Edmonton here. I'm, I don't know the exact number. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. That'd be great. Yeah. Do you know what's really advantageous for people who do own real estate here in Alberta? A lot of things. Yeah. With those <laughs> rent rates going up, people from BC and Ontario, yeah. if, the, if they don't want to move here because of the weather, which, you know, Alberta isn't the nicest weather all the time. Hey, it's not the worst either. Pretty sunny. <laughs> Especially today. It's absolutely gorgeous today. Beautiful today, yeah. They can actually buy turnkey rental properties over yes. here in Alberta. Take advantage of that huge rental increase, the very extremely strong economy that we have going on, and they don't even have to worry about tenants, toilets, or any headaches going on. I mean, you still have to deal with tenants and toilets, but if you're dealing with the right companies or you're dealing with the right properties, then you're right, yeah. We offer some properties that are fully tenanted, fully renovated, fully separated suites, and they are a dream to own and manage. But it causes, you know, one thing for our business is that it ties up money for us and we like to be renovating because that's just how our business is set up. So for people to be moving, sorry, for people to be coming from BC or Ontario, or in Edmonton and just and investing in property here with rents going up, like you're saying, then I think it's a fantastic idea that you can be buying these already performing assets that you don't have to go to a bunch of seminars to understand and learn and try and figure the, the game out. It's that you can just buy the building. Here's the keys, take over the leases, and it can it can be a fantastic solution to a lot of investors out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All you have to do is set up your search criteria, figure out what kind of qualifications you want, and away you go. Well, yeah, because there are some on MLS, but typically, like as a realtor, I if people come to me with a property that has tenants in it, typically we're not putting them on the MLS. The reason for that is because we don't want to disturb the tenants. We don't want to mess with what's going on with their lifestyle and, and they're going to get on edge if, if there's a bunch of random showings. So most of those are dealt off market. So when, when you're looking for a tenanted turnkey rental, you're going to want to contact someone, either a realtor or just like a, a investor who has access to these properties or, or knows kind of an in. It's not just open access to the public through the MLS is, is not typically where you're finding these turnkey properties you have to work with kind of a specialist in that area very true very true now i don't know your network very well but is the do you know any cities that actually do have specialized turnkey providers and operators out like outside you're talking outside of edmonton just in canada yeah in canada no i don't know i'm sure there are people i'm sure it's kind of the same situation as we are like i'm sure there's a company that owns turnkeys and you can go buy in BC and Ontario and wherever else in Canada and we'll get property managers in place and whatever. But the thing that I'd be cautious of right now is, you know, buying in those areas right now with, you know, the high interest rates, the high costs of housing, people are leaving town. It's just a, it's just a different 
discussion. It's a different way that people are talking in other parts of Canada compared to Alberta. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. One of the nice things here, we don't have that rent control, which changes the entire game. Oh yeah. That's a, cr- that's, that's huge that, uh, yeah. Like in Toronto, you're only allowed to raise the rent 1% per year. And it's really, really hard to kick out the tenants. Yeah. I've, I've just heard some real nightmare stories, which I mean, can happen anywhere. But Alberta, there is an advantage to being the landlord here in Alberta, for sure. Absolutely. So what kind of things should people be looking for if they were to buy a turnkey rental property here in Alberta? Yeah, so if you, well, I, I think we can start back, like how you started the the podcast here about, you were talking about sexy deals in, in real estate, which I guess was my term back when we chatted last. But I think that there's a lot of people with money who want to invest in real estate and they don't know where to put that money. And when you bring up the idea of flipping a house, when you bring up the idea of burying a house, like the buy, renovate, refinance, rent, repeat, or you bring up the idea of just buying a rental property, that's probably the most boring subject to to talk about or or go down and and like I said it's just not as sexy because people like the idea of I think the the dream or the unknown of getting into this project of like we're gonna buy something it's super decrepit and we're gonna renovate it and then it's gonna sell for top dollar the thing people don't talk about they talk about how much money they're gonna make right and that's fun like oh we're going to make sixty thousand dollars or whatever people talk about there but not a lot of people talk about the risk or the downside and they don't hear the stories of people doing flips or burrs and breaking even or losing money or they can't sell the property or it's costing them, you know, thousands of dollars per month. They don't talk about when mortgage rates go up, you know, eight times in a row in a year. They don't talk about prices coming down. They don't talk about the appraiser not appraising your house for the same price that the one down the road sold for. And uh, people don't want to hear that. They just want to hear about like, we're going to make this place look so good and then we're going to sell it for so much and it's going to be amazing. And the hard part is if you're new to the game, if you're a new investor or if you're a new contractor, however that looks, a lot of people are doing comparisons of like, I'm buying a house in this area for 300000 but down the road or like in this area, one sold for 600000 so they're automatically a lot of the times looking at what the most expensive home home sold for in that area. And they might not know because I'm dealing with some of those flippers who are selling the homes for $600,000 or plus, like they're the most expensive in an area. Well, they've been contracting and flipping houses for years. Like they know the ins and outs. They're getting special pricing on things that you're not. They have special contractors that they're working with. They have different financing, like it's a different game and, and it's really worked out. So for a newbie investor to come in and just be like, oh yeah, like we can renovate it and it'll sell for 600000 like this fancy one down the road, it's just not quite the reality. Like it's not, it's like saying, you know, I'm, I watched Connor McDavid, you know, play hockey the other day. That looks really fun. I'm going to go buy all his equipment and think I can perform like him. It's just not always the case. And... Uh, once people start going down that road of investing, sometimes they find out the hard way that it's not 
the the numbers in the end aren't aren't as sexy as they thought that they were going to be or what a lot of people that I've been talking to lately actually have told me is they're like, well, my idea is that I have this, whatever, hundred thousand dollars, let's say. And they're like, I want to keep moving that money. Like I want to put it into a project and make 20 grand and then move it to another project and make 20 grand and then keep that money working. And what, what I've been telling them is like, okay, well, what are your numbers? Like, let's actually open the books and like, take a look at what your flips are doing here. It's like, well, on this one, we made 30 grand. Okay, great. And then what was the next one? Oh, well, the next one, we we lost 10 grand. Oh, and then this one didn't sell. So now we have a rental. And then this one, whatever, made two grand or something like that. And then when you average them out, people don't want to look at that number. They want to talk about the time they made 30 grand. They don't really want to talk about the time that they lost money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I bring up the idea of like, hey, well, why don't you just buy a turnkey rental and let it do its thing. It's going to bring in a return of, you know, depending on what your interest rates are and what kind of building you're buying, but there should be some cash flow in there. It's going to be low risk. It's going to be low management if you hire a property manager. So if you're buying the right property, you're going to be getting mortgage pay down. You're going to be getting cash flow. So the money right now, and hopefully you should be seeing some appreciation over the, the years. And you're seeing that from like a long standpoint, like you have to look over many years. It has to be more of a long-term thing. But people get bored of that or they it's just not as exciting. So they say, well, no, I, I'd rather take my chance on flipping this house and making 20 grand. And I've just found that they're not finding the, a lot of people aren't finding the success that they're hoping for. That's a really long roundabout way of getting to the uh, buying the turnkey rentals but the nice thing is is that when you're buying for the long-term slow gain like in real estate it's really hard to get rich quick but it's like get rich for sure have you heard that saying in flipping it's high high risk burrs high high risk because whatever happens in those next couple months if the market goes up okay that's great but if your rentals take longer or financing or whatever, there's so many factors that could come to play that could make or break that deal. It could totally change the situation. But people get bored of thinking of the, you know, 8 to 10% return on the house of the rental property and no headaches. But the more people I talk to, the more people I deal with, we sell a lot of turnkey rentals that are tenanted and fantastic. And the way we renovate homes is like, not a flipper's mindset. It's that we renovate a home so that if we were to hold on, if we were stuck with it for the next 30 years, that we'd be happy. That we're getting a ton of people wanting to rent them and we're getting people who want to stay. It's low maintenance and it just gives us our our return. And over the long term, you know, when the market's down, we're not panicking, especially in Edmonton because we just kind of know it's like little, it'll go down a little bit. It'll come up a little bit. Like it's pretty steady in Edmonton. It's pretty hard to lose. And when things really pick up, we can choose to sell. We can choose to hold. We can choose to refinance. There's there's a lot of options, but it's pretty hard to lose in long-term rentals, especially in a turnkey rental where you're not buying the house and trying to figure out how to get tenants in there and trying to collect the down deposits and trying to whatever, get it all set up. Like, We've done the hard work for you. It's just ready to go. You can take that over and and let it do its thing. 
I don't know if I'm a- even answering your question anymore, but that's a run on between the flips, the the side of flips and why, you know, it's so sexy and the turnkey rentals and how it's just stable, stable and safe. But people don't, for some reason, don't want that. Stable and safe. I Two of my favorite words in real estate investing. Yeah. I got a question for you though. Who should be buying turnkey rentals? Everyone. <laughs> you can't go wrong with it. But I think, you know, someone who has a good job, a good paying job, day job, and has some money aside, maybe doesn't believe in the stock market or wants to hedge their bet or diversify their portfolio of where to put money, then it's a fantastic option. There's a lot of people in BC and Ontario right now moving to Alberta or just getting their money out of BC and and Ontario that they maybe sold their rental property there right now or they downsized there. Now they have all this extra cash. Where do we put it? Well, we think the BC or Ontario market's going to continue to go down here and we see that there's opportunity in Alberta and slow, safe, steady, solid. What's another S word? Surefire. Surefire return, right? So I think someone, yeah, who who doesn't want to be constantly managing a project and constantly be, you know, worried about what their money's doing in the investment game, like when you're flipping or whatever, that there's a, there's a lot of risk and managing people and, and things. This is more hands-off, more of a passive investment. If you have the right property, if you have good tenants, property managers, and just let it let it do its thing. Very true, very true. So to get as close to passive as truly possible on a turnkey rental, you mentioned a good tenants, a property manager. Is there is there any other team members that, that a turnkey operator should have? Yeah, like I think it starts with having your connection to the property. So whether that's a realtor or just, you know, an individual like yourself who just is very connected in the real estate investing world or to approach a company like us who owns them, has them ready to go, finding someone that you trust that can lead you in the direction of finding the right property. From there, doing your due diligence with that individual to make sure that the property is performing. And that's that's another great thing. You know, I was talking before about the people get excited about the unknown, about, about the like, it could make me this much. It could cash flow this. And people talk that way. Well, on a turnkey rental, we already know that. So all we have to say is like, can you show us what the last year of rents were like? Did anyone miss a payment? What were the utilities like? What were the property taxes like? What was your insurance like? So you can look at all that stuff. What was the maintenance log like? And someone who takes care of their buildings should have all that stuff readily available. You can kind of audit it. And then make a, a decision of like, yeah, I want to move forward with this property or not. So you need an individual who can kind of find you that property. And you want to be buying a property that from someone that you trust. So that might be a contractor, that might be, you know, an investor. And then from there, if you want to be a little, make it more passive, then yeah, you'd hire a property manager. So then you need a property manager. And then from there, the property manager should have the connections of like maintenance people or plumber or contractor, like people to maintain the building if needed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's kind of the the team you need. I guess a good mortgage broker or someone to deal with the financing there and a bookkeeper and accountant. But most of those individuals you'd probably already have set up in, 
in your circle if you're already doing some investing right now. So once you have a trusted individual who has a property and you can work with them, then it's just a matter of a good property manager and away you go. Very cool. Very cool. Now I know you talked about the mortgage broker and I want to touch on financing them here in just a little bit. I did want to know what, what you think some of the disadvantages of turnkey properties are though. Yeah. So the disadvantages is that like, it depends on what, what market you're in. Like there are the downsides of that. You could potentially get a bad tenant who's not paying. And then you have to deal with them, which if you have a good property manager, they'll, you know, take care of that or that's what they're hired to do. So you are still going to have some costs throughout the time of holding that property. But if you have the right team in place, then it should be kept to a minimum. The other downsides, I guess, is like, I don't know, there's not a ton. It, it it's, it's slower. So you're not going to see the massive gains unless the market really takes off in Edmonton, like it did in BC. But you're not going to see, you know, the stories of, there's some flippers that'll tell you the stories of like, oh, I made 60000 on a flip or something like that. You're not going to see that kind of return typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you have to kind of take the the good with the bad in, in, in a sense of like, it's stable. Like it's a stable investment. So it, it could be looked at as a bad thing. But as far as I consider it, I think it's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. That much lower risk is really handy. And even if it does take a little bit longer, you, in most scenarios, your principal is still there no matter which way you go. Right. So, which is awesome. And if you have a good operator, or if, sorry, if you are a good operator, you got that property manager in place, you don't even have to deal with those bad tenants. Property manager takes care of them and you just manage the property manager. Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah, I guess you're not getting like a big payday right now, but you have to be thinking of it as a long-term investment, which people sometimes get that mixed up in flipping as well. Because typically, like if someone makes a good profit on a flip, they're just putting it into the next project. So they're thinking of it long term anyways, even though, you know, you're still doing the same thing. So different ways to look at it. The other thing that some people talk to me about is, well, why would I buy a turnkey rental when I can burr, you know, buy a house, gain equity by renovating it? And then I get the benefits of having this long-term rental. And right from the start, you know, I'm going to say people got really excited about the term burr. Like the first time I heard the term burr was probably six years ago. And it sounds so good from the start. Like it's the perfect combination of flipping and long-term investing. But again, if you're kind of this beginner investor or you're a little more hands-off of an investor. The thing I've been finding is that people will go search for this prop, this property that's, you know, not to its potential. Then they either try and do the renos or they hire a contractor to do, do the renos. And then things are more expensive than they thought. And then it doesn't appraise for as much as they want. And then they have to finance the whole renovation from the start. So it's not that they just have to buy the property and get you know, insurance on that property, which is really expensive when you're flipping a property. You know that. Yep. Compared to when you have just tenants in there. But then you also have to have the money up front to be able to do, most of the time up front, to do all those renos. 
So it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money, blood, sweat, and tears, and whatever. And then the end result, again, I've sat down with people who have done these burrs that just rave about them. And then I say, let's open up the books. So how long did that burr take you? Well, it took us, you know, seven months or six months or a year or whatever that looks like. Okay. And in that time, what were your holding costs? They add that up. And then now you refinance. So, cause they, you know, I've heard the stories of people going, well, I pulled out whatever it was, 30,000 or 40,000 and upwards or downwards, but they have some kind of number. And I say, okay, but let's look if on the same day you just bought a turnkey rental, that's paying down mortgage, uh, hopefully appreciation, cash flow, day one, don't have to pay the extra insurance costs, you don't have to pay the extra holding costs, everything's covered from day one. We add that up and it's like we usually land at the same spot or sometimes the turnkey rental is actually performs better. And typically you get a better, you have less like unknowns, I guess, going into it and uh, less time and effort like if you just buy the turnkey rental from from day one then it's on to the next one you just think about you know where can i invest my money next instead of how do i get this renovated how do i make sure that i have enough money to get the project done how do i you know make sure the contractor is not running away how do i time it so that we're not finished the project mid-december you know that happens yes it does oh has this happened to you no but so my friends finishing up early November, mid-December, or very beginning of January, which for anybody who is getting into the real estate realm, that's pretty much the worst time to be trying to find tenants or trying to find buyers because everyone's thinking about Christmas and the cold weather, especially here in Alberta, and they don't want to move. Yeah, it just drops off like a cliff, right? Like people are like, well, I don't want to be renting a place or buying a place midwinter. So then that's more holding costs. So then you're waiting till what? March? to get your tenants in there and talking about those things, looking at those things, opening the books. It's like, okay, that's not as sexy. That's not fun to talk about, but the idea of burying is great. But when you really look at the numbers, man, those turnkey rentals, it's hard to beat. They are hard to beat, especially if you do find a good operator that is consistently putting out a good product, you can actually skip those realtor fees too at the beginning. Yeah, You can talk to them directly and save the 10, 20, 30, however much money it is right off the hop. And you get that beautiful turkey rental cash cash flow day one. Cash flow day one. Like for instance, we have a fourplex right now and we have a single family home that we put a basement suite in. So if you came to me right now and wanted to buy them, sure, let's make a deal. And like you said, what's today? End of January? Ish, yeah, 2023. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It'd be hard to find a tenant for... February 1st. No, not a chance. Like there's no chance. Mm -hmm. But these properties are already tenanted. They want to stay. They love it there. And yeah, you buy it. Here you go. Like you said, day one cash flow. And that's pretty, pretty sweet. Maybe I should rephrase the term of like, it's hard to beat. It's more so it's hard to lose. It's hard to lose on buying a turnkey rental. Mm -hmm. Uh, As long as you're working with the right people, of course, have a good good property manager buying the right property but they're out there they are out there for sure and for anybody watching this afterwards if you are a turnkey provider i would love to connect with you across canada here 
I hear lots of stories about them from the U.S., but I'd like to know more of them here in Canada. So if you are listening, send me a message. Or send me a message. I, I have those ready to go <laughs> if anybody wants them. So you mentioned you have a suite of property and a fourplex, which are turnkey properties. What other properties can be turnkey? Well, anything can be turnkey. Like you can buy a condo, turnkey. You can buy, yeah, suited houses. You can buy multifamily, right? Like you can buy a apartment complex that's all ready to go and fully tenanted and rented out. So across the board, you can find them. But like I said from the start, it's going to be really hard to find them on the MLS because, again, typically you're, you're not going to want to be having a bazillion showings if you have tenants there. But if you're working with the right people, they can find you. They might own something. I guess the, I'm going to try and bring this into a story because it's it's easier to explain it. But there's an investor that I deal with in Australia, and he saw a YouTube video of mine, reached out, and he's like, hey, I love the Edmonton market because it's so stable, and I just want to surf all day, and I do some online work from home, but I don't want to be worried about my investment all day. So I just I just want a, a good rented property in Edmonton. So I said, great, let me talk to a few colleagues of mine or investors of mine and see what's out there. And it, it wasn't that we were going after properties that were for sale. I just reached out to a few investors that I work with and I said, hey, out of your por- portfolio, can I buy that one? Like, hey, I know you have this one fourplex. Hey, I know you have this one suite at home. I know you have this one apartment building. You know, what's your price? And I think everyone has a price. Like everything's for sale, isn't it? At a certain dollar value, basically, yeah. Yeah, depending on what stage they are in life and if you're whatever you're offering. I mean, everything's for sale when you're dealing with an investor. So yeah, I knew this this one investor had a fourplex that he loved and it was cash flowing and he spoke highly of it. And I just said, what, what would you sell it for? Name a price. And he named a price that he thought like was, you know, a, a big money maker for him. And he was more than happy and he just didn't think it would sell for that. And the numbers like, because it's Edmonton, it like it was cash flowing. It was doing really well. Fantastic property, even at his price. And so the guy in Australia is like, for sure. Yeah. Like done. So then it was, again, cash flow day one, buying that property. And it was a transaction done not necessarily one that that we were going like what's for sale we had to approach it from the mindset of like what's performing out there what properties do we like in edmonton what investors do we trust and are they willing to sell anything Mm. and uh, you know it worked out really really well for for both investors and now he gets to sit at home or go surfing and not worry about his turnkey rental. Oh, yeah. He calls me like once a week. He's like, yeah, I just uh, woke up. I'm going to the beach, playing t- tennis, going surfing. What is your day like? And I'm like shoveling and uh, being sad. No, it's, <laughs> my life's not that sad. But I don't get to surf every day like some individuals. But one day. Hey, maybe. One day. Maybe. I think I'm going to stay in Edmonton for my whole life just because family's here and it's where my roots are. Are you not the same way or do you want to like I'm retire in Mexico or something? No, I, if I'm retiring, it's probably going to be Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Yeah. It's going to be on a farm somewhere and we're, we're going to have cattle. There you go. That's, that's not retirement. That is a hundred percent retirement. <laughs> yeah, my retirement is start a farm. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm a, my dad's a fifth generation farmer. So I'm the son of a fifth generation farmer. Farming's retirement. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I'm third generation, but I 
haven't took over the farm. So one day, but yeah, far, like, yeah, farming there is just no end to that. So retirement is not really a, it's a foreign concept, right? hundred percent to farmers, but anyways. So looking at it, how should people be running the numbers when they're looking at buying a turnkey property? Yeah. You have to look at a pro forma. So if you're dealing with the right realtor, contractor, investor team, they should be able to pull up a pro forma, which is going to show like what you're purchasing the property for, what your down payment will be. So what your total investment will be into that property. Then it'll show you the rents that are coming in and then the the costs. So your property management, let's say, or your mortgage insurance, property taxes. Some people add in there like vacancy and repairs on top of that before they happen, which isn't a bad idea. Like why not just have a contingency fund or some money being put away every month just in case. And uh, then from there, it's just a, a formula of saying, you know, what what's the income coming in? What are your costs every month? And then you're left over with hopefully some money. And so in other parts of Canada, back to BC and Ontario, they're in the negative. So you, typically they're they're not cash flowing. They're not covering their costs to own that property. But in those areas, most people were just loving the appreciation that the values, the value of the property is going to go up a hundred grand, whatever in the, in the year. So then they just put aside the, the extra costs that it's going to cost them every month to pay for that property. In Alberta, we're paying down the mortgage, hopefully a bit of appreciation, but we're also typically making some cash flow. And uh, yeah, then you have to discuss with whoever you're dealing with, you know, what you think is a safe number of, or like what your expectations on return are and what your expectations for cash flow should be. So at one time when, you know, mortgage rates were super, super low, like sub 2% kind of thing, people were cash flowing like a thousand dollars a month on properties. It's just wild. Now it's like, if you can get a couple hundred bucks, that's, that's great. That's a bonus. And you can just kind of put that aside. You're not going to live off that. I mean, maybe you'll buy a, I don't know, a dinner once a month or something with it. But the idea of that is just so that if interest rates go up or you have some kind of unexpected expense that you're not having to pay out of pocket every month. And I think that's what you'd want to set yourself up with in, in Edmonton is a property that is paying for itself and then down the road, it's appreciated a bunch and you can pull out that money or sell it. And then the mortgage pay down, you're slowly paying off that mortgage. So down the road, if you own this home mortgage free, Hey, that's, that's a great savings tool. 100%. And I do recommend for anybody buying, whether it's a turnkey property or you're buying a burr, whatever the case is, any rental to be putting in those renovation costs or sorry, repair costs, maintenance costs, as well as vacancy costs Mm -hmm. and ideally property management as well. Otherwise you're just buying yourself a job. Oh, exactly. And that's where, yeah, if someone wants more of a job or wants more of a role, well then they can step in Mm. or go flip houses or whatever, but it's just, it's high risk. It's high risk and more work. And I think everyone seems like all pumped for it at the start, but then it slowly fades after time. Sometimes not so slowly either. Yeah. <laughs> just instantly just, what did I get myself Yeah. Into? Why did I, why did I do this? So when people are looking at it, whether they are looking to buy a turnkey property that's currently on the MLS or talking to an operator to buy a turnkey property, 
what kind of niches should they be looking into and does it matter? Uh, what kind of niche? I guess that's a personal question of what, what you're trying to accomplish. I think most people are looking at these properties as, you know, an investment and what kind of return can I get? So then you have to look at the pro formas and see, you know, what, what kind of return am I getting and then make your decision off that. So at certain times, maybe it makes sense to buy a condo because of the price that you're purchasing it versus the amount of rent that's coming in versus the amount of, you know, condo fees and whatever else that it costs to operate that. But for me personally, I like to invest in single family homes or duplexes and then we put secondary suites, but we like the secondary suite model because you're getting extra rent, which should put those cash flow numbers higher and the return numbers higher, but then you're dealing with more tenants. So again, that's a personal preference of, of risk tolerance and how much hands-on, how, how hands-on you want to be with the project and, and whatever else. So everyone can have success in, in any way that they invest in real estate and any niche. People can also fail in every niche in every way in real estate. So I think it has to be a personal decision for you and you have to understand, this be a bit of a gut feeling, but do I believe in this property, these people I'm dealing with, the tenants that are in there, like currently, what is the tenant profile? Do I kind of align with, with them? And yeah, do the numbers make sense for me? So some people will make a smaller return but they're in maybe a more desired area that they like better, they feel better about, or they feel is going to appreciate more. And other people might be in an area that wouldn't appreciate as much or not considered, you know, an A-class neighborhood, but it has a lot of need for rentals and the numbers are, are really good because you're buying it at a lower price. So you have to work with someone who can analyze those numbers and then kind of interpret them for you so that you know what you're buying and and just feel good with investing in that product. That makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So people should be, when they are talking to those turnkey operators, they should be looking and finding out exactly what, which type of property suits their needs. I have a friend who stopped buying suited homes because he, he just buys townhouses now. And the reason for it isn't for high, like cash flow reasons or like more money because he was finding more cash flow in his suited houses, but he was finding in his townhouses that there is less turnover rate. And he was finding that there's more townhouses on the market in, in Edmonton last year. So he could take advantage of certain prices. So a bit of speculation there. He's thinking that townhouses are going to appreciate more. Okay. That's one thing. And secondly, just less, uh, less potential headache of less tenants. So he's thinking less turnover rate, which again, if we open up the books and look long-term and if people are thinking long-term, maybe that will yield a higher return for him. So that's how he felt. That's how he invests. For us, it's, it's the Sweden model because we, we build them in a way that completely separates the, the units and we find that we're getting a higher rate of return for the square footage of a rental space they're getting, if that makes sense. So just a different outlook or just a different opinion, but there's no right or wrong. It's just what has to, what works for you and what you feel most comfortable with. Yeah. And there's so many ways to win with real estate that 
there's no there's no real way to lose up until you do lose. But oh, there's lots of way to, ways to lose. Very true. Very true. But with turnkey, it's the, it's the hardest way to lose. I'd say, or, or there's the the least risk if you're working with the the right people or buying the right property. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now the last thing we haven't we touched on very briefly is going to be financing. How can people finance a turnkey rental? Yeah, so typically, like, I mean, house hacking. Have we talked about house hacking before? We have not. Maybe not. So house hacking is where you buy an investment property and then you live in it while renting it. So that's what I did with my first home. It was a three-bedroom home. I lived in one of the bedrooms and then I rented out the other bedrooms to friends. That's house hacking. So, you know, the renters were taking care of the mortgage and I was basically living there rent-free or mortgage-free even though I own the property. So yeah, that's a fantastic return. So if you buy, if you do something like that, where you own a, an investment property that you can rent out, but you live in it, it can be considered a primary residence and a primary residence. When you go to the bank, they can give you like up to 95% of the loan to value. So a 5% down payment and you own this piece of investment property, like that's pretty awesome. That's hard to beat. But that doesn't work for a lot of people or it's not like a common or a norm out there because most people want the luxury of owning their own house and then they have the investment property on the side. So when you go into that game and you're buying a second house or an investment home, well, then the bank typically makes you put a minimum of 20% down. So they're only giving you 80% to loan to value on the home. And then again, you have to you have to do the numbers and the risk tolerance on your end to understand, hey, do I want to just put the 20% down or do I want to put more down? So the more you put down, the higher you're going to cash flow, like the less your expenses, but the less return on investment you're getting. So again, it's just playing with numbers and risk tolerance. But the good thing is you have a lot of control to decide what you do there, which is fantastic. Yeah, adding adding house hacking, which is a completely different real estate strategy to turnkey rentals is a very intriguing process. Would you be able to do this? I, I know you guys do suited properties, but would you be able to do this with like a, a, a half or a full duplex, triplex or fourplex? Yeah. So the fourplex that we own right now, that's for sale. If anyone is interested, a little shout out there. Fantastic building. I would live there myself, but my wife is happy with the house that we live in currently with our kids. But that building is under one title. So we're on, under one title. So then there's four units under one title. So yeah, you could still ha- house hack that. So the upper suites are, are two bedrooms and the lower is one big big bedroom. So I mean, if someone really wanted to uh, get down to the nitty gritty of, of house hacking and real estate investing, they could buy that fourplex as a primary residence, live in one of the bedrooms in one of the units, rent out the other bedroom in their unit and also rent out the three other units in the building. So which that, helps them qualify for the loan, which helps them qualify for the loan, which would cash flow huge. Like it, it wouldn't only just pay for your mortgage, but it would be like, it'd be like you're getting paid to live in a house, which is just crazy. So yeah, you can't do that with that, with every building, but if it's under one title, then for sure. Which is crazy to think that as a tur- you can buy a turnkey building that tenants are already in place, property management's already in place. You can buy it with as little as 10% down with conventional financing. 
and just move in and just have money start coming to you. Yeah, 5%. Four, fourplex does require 10. But it's under one title. So I think you could get away with 5%, but we need the mortgage brokers to clarify this one. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> they can comment and destroy us in the in the comments here about 5 and 10% of what we know and what we don't. But anyways. We're just two guys on YouTube. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody please, please fact check us. If we can learn something in some way, I want to know. Put it in the comment section down here below. Yeah, that's great. I would love that. The I guess the last like analogy that I was going to bring up here with we're talking buying a turnkey rental and the flipping and the the idea of like I want to get into real estate investing, but people try different methods and they always think the grass is always greener on the other side. Like you've heard that saying, where people are like, Oh, I'm doing new builds, but man, I want to do whatever, multifamily, or I want to do flips and buy holds, whatever, burrs. Everything sounds better than what they're doing right now. I just had a guest, Adam O'Brien from Bitcoin Well. I don't know if you saw anything about big Bitcoin guy in Edmonton. And he was explaining, you know, how Bitcoin is such an amazing savings tool and better than real estate. But anyways. He's not to be wrong. <laughs> I mean, he's doing quite well for himself. So, I, I mean, everyone can win or lose in whatever whatever game they're playing. But uh, the relate, relatability there is that when I first got into the cryptocurrency scene, there's like thousands of different cryptocurrencies. So first I bought Bitcoin and then I saw, oh, well, you can buy, I don't know what it was. There's like Cardano, there's Ethereum, there's all these other ones that you can buy and then they'll shoot up and then they'll go down and then you start trying to basically flip them so you'd try and buy low and then sell high and you start getting into that game and there would be days where you'd be like i just made whatever 10 grand in a day or like whatever you do really well in a day of flipping these things but then it catches up to you because oh the market's all going down and then you're buying at the wrong time and selling wrong or whatever and i look back after a year and if i would have just held my my I went and bought Bitcoin right off the start. If I would have just held that for a year, it slowly went up. It would have been worth whatever, three or four times of what I paid for it. But with my flipping approach and up and down or whatever, I was actually lower than if I would have just held it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, people don't, don't see that in the real estate investing world because it's just way more exciting to be flipping and trying to do renos and catch the time, the market right and whatever else. But man, it's stressful. And uh, yeah, like I was saying before, if you opened up the books and, and you looked at the numbers of you just bought a turnkey rental property that's cash flowing and slowly appreciating and paying down your mortgage and compared it to all your flipping ventures or whatever that you're trying to do to get started, you might be ahead with just the, the rental properties and it's so much less stress. Like I'm not against flipping, but I'm just saying less risk, less stress, less headache, cash flow from cash flow from day one. Big fan of that. Yeah. Big fan of that. Sounds good. So you can combine turnkey rental properties with just about any other strategy. And over on the Deal Deep Dive YouTube channel, we actually have a whole segment just for house hacking. If you guys do want to go check it out. It outlines everything that you can and can't do with house hacking, and we are constantly adding to it. It's pretty cool stuff. 
But Nick, I think we've covered turnkeys quite well. Awesome. Thanks for chatting again, Jeremy. Well, thanks for having me. Right on. Do you want to do like some kind of closer thing here or how do you end your podcast usually? So f- yeah, say something about if you want to learn more, like and subscribe, something like that. We can edit edit whatever we need out. So if you guys do want to learn anything more about real estate, whether it is turnkey rental properties, house hacking, or anything else that we did talk about in today's segment, just shoot us a message here. If you- That was good. Try it again. So guys, that is turnkey rental properties. If you did want to know anything more about turnkey rental properties, house hacking, or any of the other strategies that we have outlined here today, just put in the comment section down there below, send us a message. And if you can just hit like on the button there, if you did like the video, uh, we do ask you to hit subscribe and follow us. That way we can, first of all, help us with the algorithms here and more people invest in real estate safely and confidently. And hopefully we'll be able to help you guys learn too. Thanks guys. See you on the next one.